on Bad Radio. Do you remember, you may not remember, but many years ago when I became a vegetarian, I announced, like in May, I think it was because of the Kentucky Derby was the uh, final bit on why I became a vegetarian, but I made the announcement in May that in uh, September I would become a vegetarian, and then I had a world tour of meat. And I just ate all different meats. And you went to every restaurant, and they gave you the steak it's because like announcing yeah, your retirement it's like Kareem before the Jabbar. year. Yeah. You, you binged. You meat binged. So I may want to announce hair retirement, but then let my hair grow for like six months just to see like the final six months of growing hair of my entire life. I'm not ready to do that yet. I would love, but I would love to see, especially with the, like with, far- the with the plain colored T-shirt. I think a ponytail, balding ponytail, <laughs> would be yeah. awesome. I think some riffraff cornrows would look really good on you. I feel like nothing's worse than long gray hair guy. A blowout. I but, don't know, man. I think it's pretty awesome. Um, and I think you could pull it off. Yeah, you look great. Shut up. You guys are idiots. No, you, you would look great. You could. And awesome. then we need to get you a comic book store. We want to tell you the stuff we're not good at, our weaknesses, so we're clear up front. Okay. We're not generally comfortable in an office setting, I would say. I get cooped up. I won't go into an office that's ever been used before. I am no good before 11 a.m. I also get headaches from computers, so I can't be around them for too long. I take stuff. I need to have someone go up and down with me in the elevator. I have a weakness for sweets. Other weaknesses? We're slow learners. We're not particularly good listeners. That'll be uh, that'll be a huge problem. We're also slow learners. See, she is very knowledgeable and all that, but she's just like Seabass when it comes to teams. She just picks who's ever on top. Yeah, just like me. Why do you do that? How easy it is to draw him <laughs> offside. Like, it takes three seconds. Why did you have to get out the sharp stick? Oh, well. oh yeah, just like me. And now he's turning. Oh, off. I'm big. Okay. Oh, hey, Sean, how you doing? No, here's here's Sean, too, because he turns on and off his mic. What do you want? He gets so mad, so. But now he's dropping F-bombs in there. Oh, yeah, it's just no, like, okay, no, no it's fine. That's, okay, just keep. <laughs> <laughs> all right, play, pretend I get mad all the time, and then do your little. <laughs> Pretty much. You don't make me mad. That's the thing. I, I mean, you think you make me mad, but you don't. So I'm just going to go work on my. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No, enough I of No, keep going. I love it. Keep going. <laughs> he can't do it for three hours. <laughs> yes, he can. Hello, Charlie Kelly here. Local business owner and cat enthusiast. Is your cat making too much noise all the time? Is your cat constantly stomping around, driving you crazy? Is your cat clawing at your furnitures? Think there's no answer? You're so stupid. There is. Kitten mittens. Finally, there's an elegant, comfortable mitten for cats. I couldn't hear anything. Is your cat one-legged? Is your cat fat, skinny, or an in-between? That doesn't matter, because one size fits all. Kitten mittens, you'll be smitten. So come on down to Patty's Pub. We're the home of the original kitten mittens. Meow. Smash, smash, smash. Right about now, Sports Radio 13 to the Ticket presents... 
the Bob and Dan Weekly Wrap-Up Podcast. This week, we have the Crow Line, Picks with Friends, and Homer Call of the Week. Also, Jake Z, hashtag he's on my note, Julie Davs, R.I.P. T.K. Fleming, and R.I.P. Donnie Doo. And now two guys that I forgot to write a joke, it's Bob Sturm and Dan McDowell. Shut it down! Let's go, Go grown! So huge! Fuck out of here! Out of control here, Bill! I don't want audio! Football, football. Isn't football great? Man, I love football so much. You want the ultimate? You gotta be willing to pay the ultimate price. Is this it? Is this it? Get up! no idea what to do right now yeah 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 greetings to salutations p1s and welcome again to another episode of the bad radio weekly wrap-up podcast covering the week of november 15th on this week's wrap-up podcast we have the crow line we also have some cowboys talk we have the lve show we have the joel clatt show we have homer call of the week week 10 and picks with friends. We start things off with the crow line. Start of message. Okay, now somebody named Xavier won defensive player of the week last week. That's that's all that matters. Maher, I thought you made all the kicks over fifty. Over fifty, you see. Damn it. Maher sucks. Would the owner of a blue Honda CRV please come to the parking lot? Your car has just been hit by Brett Maher's field goal attempt. A woozy. A woozy. Tuesday on New Amsterdam, an NFL lineman comes face to face with the prostitute who ate his ass and possibly gave him an STD. Jerry said, "Throw the ball. I ran it anyways." SP Haven. So, Rod Marinelli, what would you say you do here? Sean Lee's getting abused out there like he's the son of Adrian Peterson. Hey, Dan. You know, every time I get in the shower now, I think about what you don't wash, and it makes me wash myself even more. So, congratulations. I now think of you in the shower. That really sucks. Kind of like the Cowboys right now, right? I know. <laughs> I know. How much do you want to bet Roosevelt's out looking for a black cat right now? Hello, Jake. It's Chidube Wuzier. It's the end of the first quarter. We are on pace to lose 56 to 0. F*** you, Bob. Hey, bad radio. It's David Moore. I don't usually check in with you during the game on the crow line, but right now, the Vikings are up 14 to nothing on the Cowboys, going up and down the field with very, very little resistance. The Cowboys are going to have to get Ezekiel Elliott going in this second quarter. Nice use of the Captain Kirk Star Trek graphic, NBC. 
But weren't you geniuses the dumb f**ks that canceled it in the first place? Go back to catching and killing Harvey Weinstein stories. So, Dak, his wingman is Amari Cooper, but do they realize what happened to Goose in Top Gun? Am I going to have to pull a Tony and send NBC a letter begging them to stop making me listen to Chris Collinsworth every f***ing week? Jesus Christ. F*** you, Jake. Chris Collinsworth must be the stupidest mother ever in the world because he just said Dak bought his mom a house. Dak's mom died of cancer, dumbass. Did Collinsworth just say Dak bought his mom a house? Jeez, dude. So Dak bought a house for his dead mama. Who's living in there? Why would he do that if she was already passed away while he was at Mississippi State? I'm confused, Colin. Thanks a lot, Jake. I don't know if you know this, but apparently Dak's mom came back from the dead and he just bought her a house. So, yeah. Did Chris just say that Dak bought his dead mom a house? Did he just say something about Dak buying his mom a house? Uh, yeah, that's going to be hard to do. Uh, so Chris Collinsworth just said uh, Dak bought his mom a house. Does that mean that Dak moved her from a grave to a mausoleum? I wonder if Dak's mom is going to invite Chris Collinsworth over to her house for supper. Did Chris Collinsworth really just say Dak bought his mom a f***ing house? Really? That chick's more dead than Barry Bunch's career. So do you think Collinsworth mixed up the word house with coffin when he was talking about Dak's mom? Dak bought his mom a house when he became a pro? Is he that stupid or is Collinsworth that stupid? Hey Chris, do you remember when your Gators played in Starkville, Mississippi? Yeah, yeah. Did you kill Peggy Prescott? Mama doesn't need a house anymore, if you know what I mean. I wonder if Dak's going to buy his mom a house next to the farm my parents took my dog when I was a kid. So whoever has the black cat, you can let it go now. Garrett's power coaching move after a score is holding up one finger. Guys, we're one for one. One for one. Put your f***ing finger down, you f***ing moron. Of course you're going to kick an extra point and not go for two. Dak Prescott got me pregnant with that hip-thrusting warm-up bit. Now I need a drink, a cigarette, and an abort. Hey, Jake. Did you see Dak's pregame warm-up? It made me how you say, in my Man, Amari Cooper is f***ing amazing. I'm going to have to DVR Young Sheldon because I'm definitely watching the rest of the game. I can make love to myself all day long while watching those Amari Cooper catches. I may even sound like Jake the Chimpanzee. Yeah, I don't think the origin of Jake Chimp is any great mystery. We all know he secretly wants to be Dez's pet. Is it just me, or does Kirk Cousins look like the guy in Bible study who tried to convince everybody that shampooing the hairy parts is all you gotta do to get clean? Nice to see Jason Garrett getting out coached by the white Stuart Scott. Ooh, yeah. I wish Jason Garrett would just pull a Pat Tillman. Just make no mistake. Pat would want me to say this. He's not with God. He's f***ing dead. He's not religious. Thanks for your thoughts, but he's f***ing dead. Hey, Kellen, you can just ask the referees to start it at second and ten. I bet they'd let you do that. 
I can't wait to tell my grandkids about how we kicked a 23-yard field goal down seven in the fourth quarter. I think the fact that the Cowboys run on every freaking first down is the biggest argument against Junior's theory of AI taking over the world. Garrett Bott surely would have adapted by now. I really can't wait until you have to find a loyalty pledge just to watch a football game. Jason Garrett's lips make me nervous. And I would really like to request that Bob stop putting all his confidence in the Cowboys because he's making us lose. Thanks, Bob. So let me get this right. The Cowboys paid $50 billion to get the second best running back on their own team. They did not pay $50 billion. Happy's lock of the week sucked again, and now nobody's getting Christmas presents. What you got here is you want somebody to write the checks. Now you tell me where that's working. Literally everywhere else in the league. Boy, did the Cowboys really f*** up the last two minutes of the game. Bye. Um, I think Zeke Elliott was ready to go wherever the Vikings defense told him to. Am I wrong, guys? Mike Zimmer and his stupid f***ing glass eye. Yeah, let me tell you my story. It's a story, my favorite story. It's about a guy. He's running and running and running and running. It's Dalvin Cook. He's running and running. He's running all over my team. You know why? Because they're a bunch of butt f***ing blueberries. Jake, your wife is right. The NFL is getting hotter. Did you see the Vikings OC with that salt and pepper beard? That guy's sexy as hell. God, Bob. I don't know why I'm blaming you, but I feel like this is somehow your fault. I am so f***ing angry! Unbelievable! the coaches! Ass bitch! I f***ing hate you, Jason Garrett. Game blouses. End of message. Miss something at noon during Cowboys Lions. Turn down the TV sound and turn up the ticket for our football theater. It's all the ticket guys watching the game right along with you in real time on Sports Radio 1310 at 96.7 FM. The ticket. That was possibly the most abrasive pro line we've ever had. Yeah, you need to be asking Julie more. I did. Okay. I left uh, the one I asked her about out. <laughs> does. I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know. The debut of fake David Moore? Uh, he was, was on incredible. last week. That should stay in. Oh, was he last week? Yeah. That's, AP. that's, a, that's <laughs> a really good David Moore, man. <laughs> I agree with the questions about the Captain Kirk Star Trek bit. Like, it feels like ESPN already has bad graphic bits. Why try to steal like their worst thing? That'd be like trying Bug? to sign Boog or oh. right. I mean, like we already got. You already are running up the score with the green zone. Right, we got the green zone. Like just sit back and enjoy your victory. Then they doubled down with Top Gun. Then <laughs> they did the Top Gun, and yeah, the uh, one of those guys. Uh, spoiler alert: died. Oh dear. And then the uh, I agree also with the Garrett going for one people like. Has Garrett ever gone for two? Do we really, like, it does seem like there's no time when he is more assertive like with, just with say, his coaching power than holding up one finger. The like, first day of training camp, look, we're going to go for one every time. And if I want to go for two, I'll let you know. Just assume, though, we're going to go for one. But he's but, always very like, oh, okay. 
Yeah, let's just I, say that... I really thought this would have been the time you start going for two. The call that Julie vetoed focused on the Garrett one finger. <laughs> oh, yeah? I'll kinda leave like, it at that. Now Dan's interested. <laughs> kind of like Julie is the official conscience of the show. That's, uh... More things that's, need to be brought to me before they go on the air. I don't disagree, Julie. I don't disagree. And I have a pretty uh, loose filter, I think. And good luck with that, by the way. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> that's usually how it works around here. Did you have did you have any problem with the blue jerseys at home or the open roof, given the record? I'm not aware of those records. Well, there are four ways. Seems to like a pretty good analytic, uh, analytical way, though, to uh, you know, kind of break down the team. There are four ways to do the stadium. Completely closed, where they are 32 and 24 all time. Completely open, where they are 8 and 8. Or, now the variation. Roof closed, doors open, 5 and 1. All right. Roof open, doors closed, which is purely for the blimp shots. Like, it's the only reason we're doing this, is it's an NBC game, and we want the blimp. They are now 2-5. and five. So, why are the doors closed? Like, does the that doors mean, closed, it be windier? Doors closed, it's a little chilly, but we want open air over the sky. Or doors open, it'd be chillier. If the doors are open, it would be chillier, so we don't want to uh, inconvenience our fans. Okay, so that's, we that's want, what they had last but night. But we do want the stars above so the blimp can see down into the stadium without really affecting the temperature in the stadium. Yeah, you made this call like Friday, right? Yes, this was a very easy call. Because the, the national exposure, they needed to look really cool. I think in exchange for so the... So even if it was freezing, they'd have it open. In exchange cool. for the Gene Jones uh, art mentions, we'll give you an open roof for your blimp. Now, it could just be the self-reporting uh, statistics of anytime you play on Sunday Night Football, it's a big game, and Jason Garrett loses big games, and therefore you're going to have a losing record no matter how you do it on Sunday night. That's another possibility. Yeah, but what if you're facing you, Kirk Cousins, who just, also loses all the big games? You just killed the Eagles, so I don't know. What and about uh, the blue jerseys? The blue jerseys, I don't care as much as the musers do, but uh, that is a direct violation to old-school cowboyisms that we don't wear blue at home. And uh, if we do, the football gods make us pay dearly. I don't have the analytics on that, but I would uh, probably assume they're not great because they don't get the nickname Bad Luck Blues for nothing. Once a, once upon a time, rivals would wear white at home just to put, force the Cowboys into the blues because otherwise the Cowboys might wear white the entire season. Eight at home, eight on the road. They're wearing anyway, blue eight times this year. Which is crazy. I don't understand how that happened this year. But I also don't know that we should go any later to sort this out. Bad Radio Talks, your Dallas Cowboys. One your day is long. And the night, the night is yours alone. Wonder sure you've had enough of this life. Well, hang on. Let me interrupt the coach to invite you to join the ticket and Mike Saroy tomorrow 
at the Tom Thumb and Rowlett from 4 Everybody to 6 cries. for the Kid Zone ticket giveaway. Kids ages 7 through 12 have a chance to win a family four-pack of tickets to the Everybody Cowboys first. Bills Thanksgiving game, November 28th. Kids 7 through 12 Sometimes. must be present to win. So Mike Soroy is at a Tom Thumb where they're giving away Sometimes Thanksgiving Day tickets. Ask him when Thanksgiving is. Wear your, <laughs> wear your Cowboys jersey on game day and save 10% off your groceries. Tom Thumb, proud sponsor of your Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Well, as a matter of fact, we were going to talk Dallas Cowboys in this segment. And, in fact, I look at the run sheet. The one after that. The one after that. Looks like all day long. Maybe at 2.30 we'll get to other teams, but uh, that's only if we don't have anything left to clean up because uh, there's a lot. A Sunday night affair. Uh, Michelle Tafoya on her game. Unbelievable, the information she was uh, getting uh, for us on the sideline. The uh, halftime interviews were on point. I'm just going to let you finish. And uh, we come out on the other side with a loss. A very disconcerting 28-24 to loss to the uh, Vikings, where Dak was awesome. Incredible. Amari Cooper, incredible. Those Dak to Amari Cooper little tightrope jobs he does on the sideline, amazing. Um, like, how much better does Amari Cooper make Dak? How much better does he make everything? But uh, then it comes down to crunch time, and even though Dak is rolling, they end up uh, with a couple of questionable play calls. Maybe it was a couple of running plays at the very end so, there. Maybe okay, so, the thought was to uh, we don't want to leave the Vikings too much time, but then they forgot about uh, goal one. I want to know, okay. actually score that touchdown. That's, that's a great place to start, Dan, uh, although there are a million places to start, aren't there? Um, so... So they say in the postgame, Dak specifically, I didn't get to hear everyone speak, uh, but I heard Dak reference the, we don't want to leave them a lot of time. Okay, that's awesome. So explain to me three different things. Explain to me snapping that pass to Witten at like 2.03 when there's no reason to at all. Uh, do you remember the play right before the two-minute warning? <clears throat> they have, uh, I want to say, 25 on the play clock, but it's 2.19 to go on the game clock. They can easily let it run down to the two-minute warning. There's no reason not to. And if you're worried about, uh, you know, the clock having too much left for the great Kirk Cousins, okay, fine. Then run it down to the two-minute warning. They did not. Then on the second-to-next play, I believe that was the uh, little eight-yard pass to Amari Cooper that set up the second and two. Uh, Now they snapped that play, or no, the next play, the second down play. There's 25 seconds on the play clock, and the clock is running, Dan. They snapped it with 25 seconds left on the play clock. So not only did they snap it early, they snapped it with a – there's a minute 30 left in the game. You're trying to run the clock down to zero. You have 25 more seconds here. You're at the 12-yard line, and you snap it with 25 seconds ago. But wait, there's more. On the very next play, they did it again. So they're running hurry up. They're, I just, I, they're, they're hurrying I, up three different times, 
<clears throat> and then they're telling you, we're really worried about the Vikings having too much time, so we're trying to run the clock down. No, you're not. See, I, I, I just think that mindset, too, when it's – if it's a field goal you need, a chip shot field goal, I'm all for running that clock way down. Yeah, I – if you you're right. Seven, the, most, the most obvious it's point so is so difficult to get across that goal line. The most Let's obvious point is just make sure we do that, and then right. we'll worry about. So I didn't have a problem with the if you're snapping it early or running, hurry up, and you're rolling because they were they were humming along. So however you get it in that end zone, get it in that end zone. Then we'll worry about everything. I later. just I, I found it weird that they claimed they were ex- and, and honestly I don't you can't you can't convince me that it's not in the back of their head going back to. Aaron Rodgers one and two at the, the Death Star in 2016 and 2017, where they left him too much time. So I know it's in the back of their head, and and when I say they uh, specifically, I guess I'm talking co- coach and quarterback. I'm talking Jason Garrett and Dak Prescott. They were burned before because I think in both of those games they got the score they were looking for, but in both of those games they left the opposition too much time. I totally agree with you. You're down four. You, your only priority that I want to hear about is we have to get it in the end zone against a defense that's really freaking good. And uh, any any way we get in there, we're going to ask our defense to make a stop tonight at some point, and it's going to be with 45 seconds to go, and uh, we will have a lead. But to Bob's point, they basically failed to execute a poor strategy. Right. Like, <laughs> like they like, doubled down. Well, I mean, it's, maybe, it's, well, it's one of the deals. Well, you say, or did their mindset change once it's third and two? And you're so close. All right, now I'm in the. We've rolled all the way to this point. We'll get this easy first down, and we'll be able to. Well, I guess what I'm saying to you is the clock. Seconds off. In my opinion, the clock is their motivation to run on second down and to run on third down, Dan. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. This whole thing is screwed up because obviously all night long you're not running the ball at all. You're passing the ball with great ease because your quarterback and your wide receivers are proving to be a problem for a very good defense. And so you've got them on the run. You go all the way down the field, and now suddenly you're thinking the clock is of maybe equal importance as to score. And so, yeah, back to what Jake just said, you can turn right or you can turn left. But they decided pretty much just to go straight right into the wall. <laughs> they didn't choose a strategy. Like they said they did, but if they did, why would they be snapping the ball so early on the play clock and, 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 and really uh, giving the Vikings a free timeout of the two-minute warning? There was no reason to do that. There, the, the, the pass to Witten uh, was, was hurried at like 2.05 to, to, to sneak in another play as if they are short on time, and they're very, very concerned about not having enough time to finish off this drive. So that's a that's a small, I guess. Well, maybe not because now you leave nothing but a fourth and five for your quarterback, and I don't mind jumping right into that. That's maybe the play of your season. If you're not in the playoffs this year, if your coach gets fired this year, if you don't win the division this year, you might go back to one single play, and for me – I have a hard time believing there's going to be another single play as significant as that fourth and five, and you're telling me there that your thought, and boy, this is going to make you crazy because uh, this is a play they have run with Tony Pollard in Zeke's spot. Uh, Tony Pollard, while not a uh, decorated slot receiver in the NFL, at least has the hips and the ability to take that route put your shoulder into the linebacker and then head towards the sideline and you you have enough wiggle and enough space to give your quarterback some level of a target whereas to ask Zeke on the play of the season and I you know you can't blame Zeke here Zeke's doing what he was told 
this team, this organization, has decided they will sink and swim or swim. They will sink to the very bottom of the ocean with Zeke. They believe in him to a fault. They have demonstrated that time and time again, and they would rather lose with Zeke than maybe even win with him on the sideline. They love him. They gave him the money. They believe in him. They will do whatever. And so on fourth down, the Vikings are going to double Amari Cooper. They're going to double Jason Witten. And so now I've got Cobb to my right. I've got Zeke to the slot left, and I've got Gallup wide left. And those are basically your three choices. Now, you don't know that, but you can assume that Harrison Smith is going to bracket Witten, and you can assume, uh, what is it, Anthony Harris, the other safety, is going to jump down on the slant to Cooper. They're taking those two guys away. You've got three guys in man coverage. Where are you going to go if you're Dak Prescott? Prescott looks to the left because that's where the safeties are not. He's got one-on-one with Gallup outside, running a go, one-on-one with uh, Zeke running and out. Most important play of the game. They choose the running back who, help me guys, has he ever caught that route in his career? I mean, not that he can't. Has he ever been asked to run that route and catch that route in his career in, in anything close to that sort of situation? I can't think of one, but if you just ask me, is Zeke beating anybody to the boundary side on a five-yard out? The answer is never. Right. I mean, if anything, you might as just give him the field at least, which I know is hindsight, but he ain't coming out of that break fast enough to get no. any separation at all on the short side of the field. No, and, you know, they went over to the sideline and – The camera catches Kellen Moore and Dak and Jason Garrett all having a conversation. So I'm assuming that they are planning out, probably not their post-game party scene, but uh, what they want to do on that fourth down, what they're looking for. And they're like, bro, Zeke against a linebacker. Let's make it happen. And, you know, give Eric Hendricks plenty of credit, but you're telling me on the play of your season, maybe the play that jobs are depending on, you call Zeke's number on a wide receiver route on something I don't know that he's ever demonstrated he can do. And to fit that into that space, there's I was going to say maybe a slightly better throw, but I'm not sure there's a throw that gets in there, to be honest with you. And if it does get in there, I'm not sure I've ever seen Zeke turn his hands around towards the sideline and make that catch in that spot, but maybe he does. The bigger question, though, is so that's what we came up with? It was maddening. You got Randall Cobb on the other side, (laughs) who is a slot receiver for a decade in this league, in man coverage. Now, again, things are happening fast. It it does kind of seem like it's the justification of Zeke. They can't double both Cobb and Cooper. Because they're going to win or lose based on Dak, not Zeke. Like in the long run. Right. It's not going to be Zeke is not going to carry you to a Super Bowl win. Let's just keep this going next. A lot of maddening things happen very late in the game. Uh, so let's keep talking Cowboys loss here on the ticket. That's what all the people say. You're riding high in April. Brett Stone's Ace Hardware today. Are we still waiting for a job? so. Because the anticipation is at an all-time high. We're in Dallas. It is uh, Ferguson Road and Gus Thomason. Casa View area if you're from around here. It is Veterans Day, and uh, Stone's Ace Hardware probably cares more about the veterans than you. And, uh, no, I don't know. They're, this they're just, uh, right here. Yeah, here's a guy right here. Thank you, my good man. So uh, they're partying out here for Veterans Day. They've got some uh, grilling. 
Oh, my. Oh, my, Bob. Oh, dear. Look at that silhouette as the uh, the, the, the gray <laughs> sky is behind him. But uh, right now, there's there is a uh, Jub sighting. I, I just see very uh, short on the sides, but uh, very high on the top. That is a Jub hawk I'm looking at. We got a, a Jub seat for you and everything. Pull up your Jub Jub self. Sit in their Jub seat. Jub is here for put on a Jub mic. For, for grilling of some sort. For Ace Hardware and Traeger Grills, thank you. Traeger Grills. Yes. And you will actually be at the grill. I just was. Uh-oh. Producing I just meat. was. There you are. Oh, you were uh, grilling up some meat. Yeah, we got uh, tri-tips, we got pulled pork, and we're going to do some sirloin. George had a big we'll weekend. We'll bring you some. That sounds very jub. Maybe as soon as you start giving me some on-air support, I'll bring you some. Dude, this is all we do. There's one oh, thing okay. this show does, it support the big man. Okay. Are you seven and two heading into tonight, Jub? I am. Well, Seattle wins tonight. An... That's another eight and two week for the Jub. Absolute heater over the last few weeks. <laughs> man. Uh, pretty good little three weeks. I've pretty much twenty four and six would be the record over if three Seattle weeks. covers tonight. I'm pretty much trying on football pants as we speak. <laughs> Whatever. There's no way out, man. I can't be I can't win a game. <laughs> I am so cold right okay. now. Part of it is stop tripling the Cowboys. Yes. Stay away from the Cowboys. Stay away from the NFL in general. Jeb, Jeb. Why do I trust these guys? Even though guys? I picked the Cowboys this week. Why do Not I? Not a triple, but. Why do I trust the Cowboys? Every we, time we I get. We get suckered in I, every year. Why? Hey, most talented team. Hey, I think Garrett's not that bad. Maybe, you know, he's as good as Zimmer. Don't get me started. I'm, I'm going to get my heart rate back up. I want you to get your heart rate up because in talking about this game, I, there's just so many things that made me crazy. I was uh, going through some stuff this morning, and it just makes me mad even to uh, write it. But so, I, as you're watching the game yesterday, as you are just going through uh, the early, first of all, do you guys know this? So this is extremely arbitrary. I realize that I don't have a real firm stat here. Maybe Sunday Night Football wouldn't let me go with the stat, but I took their four losses. And I just took the starts. So what does that mean? Well, in the Packer game, the start goes all the way to the third quarter when they were down 31-3. to But in the Jets game, it's the last minute of the second quarter when they're down 21-3. to Saints game, it's halftime. They're down 9-3. to In this game, they're down 14 nothing when the second quarter begins. The combined score of those four splits in their four much. losses is 75-9. to They have lost the early part of these games... 75 to 9. So is their offensive game plan that bad going into these games? Well, they're all different games. They all have different stories. Yeah, there were some turnovers involved. But But no, in this game, it was a lot like the Saints game, in my opinion, maybe even the Packers game, in that they entered the game thinking that 20 to 17 probably wins this because these other teams, there's no Thielen, there's no... Devonte Adams, there's no Drew Brees. Let's reel it in and play a little closer to the vest and not do anything crazy offensively. So what do they do? <laughs> this one, I felt like this one was a fireable offense, and I thought it at the time, so this is not hindsight, although it might be a little bit intoxicated with triple play fever. Less than three minutes into the game, they're trying a 57-yard field goal. 
Yeah, how about that? Now, just as a rule of thumb, if you're ever trying a 57-yard yeah. field goal three minutes into a game, yeah. you're a moron. But didn't you're they a... have that exact same situation and then punt later? Well, that's the thing. The exact yeah. same yard That's line, the thing. I, 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 I don't assume either of you. Uh, On fourth and five, uh, they were down 14 nothing. Do either of you follow they the punted. surrender yeah. index? They caught their own punt. The John Boyce surrender index on Twitter. It's a, it's a follow that I'm not going to say you must follow it, but it's interesting in that they it's a it's a math it's like uh, the fourth down bot or whatever. Uh, oh, yeah. Jake, yeah. Jake, the New York Times uh, fourth down bot or well, this one's for for cowardly punts. Okay, so the whole point is using analytics, using, uh, you know, the history of football, what are the most cowardly punts you've ever seen? Right. So uh, they would all have to happen on the enemy side of the field and sometimes fourth and short. So the most cowardly punt possible would be like fourth and one from the opposition's 36. That is the most cowardly punt you could come up with. You're just scared. You're a scared coach. Yesterday, on the first drive, the Cowboys tried a 57-yard field goal, which is only, I, I don't care if your kicker can hit it from 70, you only do that as an act of desperation. You don't aspire to that. So you should have gone for it there. On their second drive, their punt was a fourth and six from the 48. That ranked as the 93rd percentile for most cowardly punts in the entire NFL in the last year. On the third drive... <laughs> remember they just had the 93rd percentile now they punt from the opposition's 39 on a fourth and four which yes would have been a 57 yard field goal so, and, it, and if they would have had the courage based on hitting the first 57 yarder you're darn right uh, they were running brett maher out there to try a second 57 yarder yeah but my point is what is what do you do like do you have a plan? fourth and four no if you if you kick field goals, well then kick field goals because uh, fourth and four. But if, if at, you punt inside their you forty, punt. we're going you, for it every time. That's what I think. We're going yeah. for it every I time. I think you should go for it. So but, that so that but, was. But my point is, do they know? Do they have a? This is what we do. Well, let me. Or fi- do they base it on, like you said, if Maher hit that first one, they're absolutely kicking it on the second one. Well, which be, makes no sense because you're basing it off of this is roughly a fifty fifty proposition. Then do it twice. Right. Yeah. That's what I mean. <laughs> like, wow. So yeah. if, if you're kicking the first one, well, then you kick the second one for sure. It's a game of percentages. But if you don't hit the first one, then you don't go scared like, well, I can never do it again. Or, so, so, you know, like, but what is your, what is your, uh, just the way you do things. Well, let me finish. And I think let the way they this. do things is based on the win. So the punt was the 93rd percentile, most cowardly thing. The next punt was the 99th percentile. Like, there is no The fourth more, and five. The, the from one the from the 39 is the most cowardly punt on record in the NFL. And so you might ask yourself, what is, like, normal? What, uh, what do we know about Garrett? Well, we know this about Garrett. There have been 86 occasions uh let's see what i have it here there's 86 times in the last three seasons where they have had a fourth and short in enemy territory fourth and short enemy territory uh so let's move it back to three plus because one or two they're going to give it to zeke okay back it up to fourth and three or longer their territory 86 tries how many times have they gone for it the answer is once they were down 35-10 in denver wait say that again 86 times there have been 86 fourth downs in enemy territory for the Cowboys in the last three seasons. And they've gone for it once? They've gone for it once. Fourth and thir- three or more. 
uh, provided it's not late game. Right. So right. first three quarters. Desperation you did. Four, first three quarters. It was they were down twenty five in Denver and they decided to try it. <laughs> so they really have never done it. There's only one coach in the NFL who's gone for it fewer times than once out of eighty six, and that of course, Mister Mike Zimmer, oh for oh, sixty seven. Wow. They they were playing a coach even more conservative than 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 Garrett. And so Garrett, in that Garrett way of his, decided, man, I'm not going to let this guy out-conservative me. Yeah. Not in my house. I'm going to out-conservative okay, well, him. About, how about how they start the game with their first five first downs running the ball? Six of the first eight. That's eight the, of the same first, thing. Eight of the first 12. We're establishing did, the run. What told them that they thought they could go in and just knock them off the ball, and that's all they had? It's... They're it, delusional. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's... The coaches so far Thank lost God Linville the plot. Joseph didn't play last night. <laughs> they, they were so stubbornly playing right into the Vikings' hands. They were, and, and the fact that the Vikings could run all night on them is a whole different frustrating story. But I, you stand behind me in a jub hawk for a reason. Yes, it's and him. It's, it's a, again. It's, it's a, like we just keep riding it out. We've been riding it out with him running this offense since 2007. This has got head coaches. So does he Don't only, even get me started. Last night's got. He only be gets it. like a three years. No, he'll win a few games and they'll get the nine and seven and they'll be oh gosh darn. No, I think it. I think there'll gonna, be some injury that hits yeah, and you'll be like, if well, we just would have been a little do? more healthy yeah. and this has got to be it. I, I felt like last night was. Now again, I've left that stadium. Jerry did talk time. a lot about Zimmer in this in the post game. I know that was pretty interesting. The night the the night you made the Jub Hawk though the Tennessee game last year, I was sure I was leaving. Jason Garrett's last season. They're five and four. This, they're not three and five like they, they were last year. They they are they're down every single tiebreaker to every other playoff contender outside of this division. They have right. one they have one tiebreaker. It's That's all you gotta do Eagles. is win the division. It's against the Eagles, and basically this season's gonna come down to can you win in Philadelphia in week sixteen? That's yeah. That's the entire season. And I wouldn't bet like, on that. None of the rest of this probably I bet matters. on anything. Almost none of the rest of this matters. Can I come back? I got to pee something fierce. Yeah, yeah. And then I got a grill. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll be back. Bye, Job. <laughs> Job's out here at Stones Hardware at Casa View, and we hope uh, you'll come uh, hang out with us as well. But uh, first of all, he's going to go potty because uh, we don't want the Job pants <laughs> getting. They're wet. very important to keep those dry. That's right. That's right. We don't need any accidents out here at Stones Hardware. But if we do have an accident, uh, wouldn't you want to be out here to see it? So th- consider that. There's, I just couldn't believe, Dan, that they decided that a field goal and two punts was the way to start this game, partly because this game screamed of you weren't going to get that many possessions. You were going to – I mean, this was, this was a game that zoomed right by. There were uh, it was like running clock because both teams were pounding the rock so much. The Cowboys insisting on running on first down no matter what. The Vikings actually quite proficient at running the football. As Delvin Cook last week, uh, PA had me on his show up there in Minneapolis, and I'm positive we killed it. It was uh, historic radio in the, in the Twin Cities. But he 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 uh, got me. Uh, he he cornered me, Dan, with a. All right, Zeke or Dalvin Cook, who's better? Because, you know, they're crowing around with Dalvin Cook as the leading runner in the NFL right now, and they don't want to hear Zeke's better. So uh, they they want Dallas guy to admit that Dalvin Cook is better. And in retrospect, I kind of regret my answer. 
My answer was based 100% on the fact that I know Zeke doesn't get hurt, and I also know Delvin Cook always gets hurt. Uh, that's why he slid in the draft. Delvin Cook was awesome at Florida State, except people – there were a lot of teams, as I recalled, that red-flagged his shoulder and were not willing to invest in him. So if you're already hurt when you get to the NFL, that's a problem. Then he blew out his ACL, was it last year or the year before? So Delvin Cook, heck of a talent. I can't believe how hard he hits the hole. My gosh. But I thought he was awesome, but then this uh, Madison gets a couple carries, and he busts out for 12 yards a carry, and you're like, okay, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> What's the deal here? Is it the Cowboys' defense, or no, is it? They, I, I think I think teams. But, but Dalvin Cook, once he got beyond the line, would just plow through. You know, LVE getting him down with that knee was pretty lucky there at the goal line. Right. Um, but but he was continually just running through everyone. All right, let's continue to talk about it. The Cowboys' uh, big big disappointment last night. Uh, that that is going to leave a mark, and it's probably going to really screw up their 2019 aspirations because uh, now I think you're just playing for the division. Uh, I, I don't see how you can reel in these teams that have both an, a lead on you and a tiebreaker uh, head to head, and you've lost to pretty much all of them. Now it's the Leighton Vanderess show. <laughs> Leighton Vander Esch. Leighton Vander Esch. Uh-huh. Leighton Vander Esch, a big-ass linebacker, he'll hit you hard. Leighton Vander Esch. Leighton Vander Esch. Leighton Vander Esch, a big-ass linebacker, he'll hit you hard. A better draft picked than Calvin Ridley. I can't believe that he's just a rookie. Way better now than he was at Boise. He's the rookie of the year. All right, it's 114. Let's do the Leighton Vander Esch show. Spot brought to you by Home Marketing Services and Synergenics. All right, let's go live now. You guys got to punch him up. Something's wrong with my phone. The Buyer's Barricade ticket hotline. Here he is. Leighton Vander Esch. Hi, Leighton. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Good. We haven't uh, talked to you in a little bit. Uh, life uh, bye week and uh, things and stuff, but uh, we, we, we hope you're well. It's uh, it's good to have you back on the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. How right. are you physically? Because uh, one of the reasons we didn't talk to you is because last week you were out and uh, injured and getting treatment and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I hear after the game that Maybe you have a different injury in a whole different part of the body. What's up? <laughs> um, well, I had my, my sciatic nerve acted up during the game. I landed on my butt kind of hard, and my opposite leg, my sciatic nerve on my right side, yeah, it just pretty much went off, and I didn't have really that much strength in my right leg, so I had to come out for a little bit and for a couple plays and, and get off my feet, and then it settled down, and I went back in, so... Yeah, it was just a minor little thing. So it's like a numbing of the leg or something? I guess I don't understand yeah, it exactly. Was just, it, was just, it was, yeah, pretty much you have, like, pain shoot down your leg. Uh, your nerves just freaking out, I guess. It's, that's how you could explain it. And, and your sciatic is, like, one of your most major nerves in your body. So when that gets, when that gets going, uh, it doesn't feel very good, so... Uh, I did everything I could to get it settled down for a couple minutes, got off my feet, and then I was good to go. 
but you're going to be good to go this week. We would an- anticipate. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And the and the neck, uh, that's fully fully healed, or what, would you, would we say you're ninety percent? Are are you ever a hundred percent as the season goes on? You're never a hundred percent, but my neck is doing great. So um, just got to stay ahead of that and and keep rehabbing that and 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 just doing your normal due diligence with rehab and, and recovery for your body throughout the season. Okay, and I'm trying to get all my notes that I didn't talk to you about last week since we didn't talk uh, out of the way before we get to the the uh, Vikings game, but. You were front and center. Um, you were cheerleading on the sideline at uh, at Giant Stadium, and uh, what was the scene like? We all had a lot of fun with the cat on the field. Uh, what was that like for you guys down there? I was dying laughing over that. I thought it was absolutely hilarious, and I don't think a lot of people realized that there was a cat on the field till like two or three minutes after it was on the field, uh, especially the players and. So it was just funny kind of watching that thing run around on the field and, and it was huge too. It was a huge black cat. <laughs> so I was kinda of, I was kinda of mind blown. I didn't know where it came from, but it had to have been in the stadium for for a little while and then just found its way on the field somehow. Yeah, like if there was a pick six the play before, they would have ran into the cat because he was just hanging out on the field, I think, during the play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was he was making his rounds up and down the field on the one side for, for a little bit. And it, the problem was, was like the corner, the corner entrances to the, to the field. Every time it would get to one of those spots, the fans would like start <laughs> screaming at it and it would just like, it would freak out and run over the other side and run down the field and run back. And then fans everywhere it went, fans were screaming at it. So it was just like, I could imagine it was scared to death. It's tough to play in New York. The for, bright lights, the for fans. The cat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's not their usual scene so they didn't they didn't look yeah. to you for your expertise for rounding up animals or anything at that moment did they obviously not <laughs> yeah the spca wouldn't be happy with how you uh, might deal with that <laughs> yeah it's nationally televised we don't need that so uh yeah. quite a game on sunday in terms of uh being at the stadium it was electric it was intense it looked like uh as physical a football game as you can be part of what what were your thoughts uh when when that uh three hours of emotion ended uh, is that just exhaustion and uh and uh, a, a gutting disappointment or uh I, I don't know just tell us what uh what sunday night was like for you yeah, uh, obviously when you lose a hard-fought game like that, uh, I mean it, it, it hits you really hard. Um, but I mean it was it was a really extremely physical game. Um, I mean they it was back and forth. And they got theirs, we got ours, and, and but like I said when I talked to the media before, it was it was just the matter of they got more than us, and and we kind of beat ourselves in certain situations, and they just kept chipping away and. and they take pride in running the ball, and they did it very well. Um, they got one of the best backs in the league and and other compliments to go with it. So uh, it makes it very difficult to to play against an offense like that because you, be, you have to be downhill and physical every single play. We visited with you about this back uh, when we were talking about Kamara maybe, when we were talking about uh... – Aaron Jones, uh, it, it's just one challenge after the next each week. Delvin Cook, certainly uh, he's up in that class, isn't he? We may we may need to talk more about uh, his quality because it sure looks like uh, he was a handful on Sunday. 
Absolutely. Uh, I mean, he's a, he's a heck of a pro football player. And I personally, I love playing against guys like him because, I mean, it, it makes you a better player and it makes you a, a better defensive unit, makes you a better team. So, um, I mean, they have a great offensive line and they have an extremely good running back to go with it. So um, you got to be prepared and, and firing on all cylinders when you play a team like that. And we got a tough schedule this year. Um, but then again, I mean, everybody can, anybody can be anybody every week in the NFL. It doesn't matter who you play. Uh, you got to be ready to go every single week. Is that the biggest difference coming to the NFL uh, level from from Boise State? I, I always, I, I, I feel like as fans, we we hear players say that, but we don't always believe you that uh, you know every week the other team has unbelievable All American players. Like like you, you still hear fans saying, "Well, that will be an easy win." I never hear players say that. Uh, they they seem to know that. Uh, if uh, if you're coming to town, you're going you're going to have quality football players that are going to be difficult. Unless you play the game or you've played the game before at the NFL at the professional level, you will never understand that. And if someone if someone wants to make a comment or someone thinks a certain way, um, it's just like I said. If, if unless you play the game or unless you played the game back in whenever you played or whatever. You don't. You don't. You'll never understand it, just because it's. They're everybody's professionals. Everybody is good at what they do. There's a reason they're in the league, because they're all good. Yeah, you're gonna have your players that are a little bit better than others, but it doesn't matter. They're all professional players, and you got to bring it every single week to win. This is Leighton Vanderesh. Every week at this time, uh, we will talk to the Cowboys linebacker. Um, I want to know your mindset on what seems like the most uh, the most intense thing is is getting in that red zone or when you're defending the red zone and you had it was quite a uh quite a situation where you uh you stopped was it madison like at the one half yard line they did the review yep. and found out he was down um i you had another i think you stuffed cook at the five like a, a minute later because they had a false start but they ended up scoring on it. It just seemed, though, that it's a car wreck. You know, that's a, an analogy somebody will use, right, in the media. Like, it's a car wreck on every play. It seems like down in there, your mind, uh, I can't even imagine what's going through your mind. Can you tell me? Like, is, is it just racing with all the different things, or you just know you're shoving your your face right in this pile? What are you thinking down there? I mean, you got to be aggressive down there, and especially, I mean, we take pride in, in, in trying to be the best red zone team in the league. Um, but I mean, things get intensified a lot when you get inside the 25 and, uh, I mean, cause things, things happen so fast in, in that yardage that you really got to be able to be on your senses and, and, and fire on all cylinders mentally and physically. But I think it's just not getting caught up in that and just relaxing and just being as focused as you can. And into the play call and and, in, and into your keys and your assignment, um, but I think if you're if you're uptight and you're all amped up down there and everything, it could it could treat, it could it could hit you in a bad way. So I think uh, every time we get down there, I'm just trying to relax myself and stay focused um, on my keys and everything, and just self talk myself through things. And and you got to speed your mind up and, and slow your body down. Um, but then again, as soon as the, as soon as the ball is snapped, I mean, you got to be ready to go. So uh, 
the quicker the quicker you can ex- assess things down there, the better. Do you and uh, Alexander have a word or two with each other? Oh, <laughs> I mean, he's 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 one of my best friends. Um, I was wondering about that. Yeah, I love playing at Boise with him, and obviously he's he's a heck of a runner. Uh, he's been doing great things this year. I got nothing but respect for him. He's making a name for himself. He runs the ball hard. He's physical. Uh, he's he's doing everything he did at Boise and more because um, it's harder to do that in the league now. And and he's he's showing and proving to everybody that that he's the real deal and that he's he's an extremely good uh, compliment to Dalvin Cook when Dalvin Cook needs a rest. Um, but I mean, he's got a good thing going. I got nothing but respect for the kid. Um, but like I said, I mean, I'm on the other side of the ball. My job is to tackle him and get him on the ground. So uh, I was just focused on that every single play. So is that as far as you know, getting your mind to be calm? Uh, but but still in this you know battling as hard as you can is that getting easier as you get more games under your belt here in the NFL? Yeah, you're always learning stuff. You're always adapting to things and and and, and learning what what works better for yourself and, and how to handle things. Because I mean, you'll get in situations like last year. You'll last year even this year. There's a lot of there's a lot of situations I'm in for the first time. So. Uh, and it's like I feel like it's like that for a lot of for a lot of players throughout many years, and not just the first couple of years. Um, n- no one situation is the same as the other, but uh, there are some that come up that are really similar um, to each other as the game goes on, as games go on, as your career goes on. Um, so I mean, as you can adapt to those and stay ahead of those, and put yourself in good positions and learn from your mistakes, uh, I think that's what matters. So, what's Michael Bennett been like? Oh, he's been a joy to have on the defense. Uh, the energy he brings, um, uh, the the knowledge that he brings to our defense. I mean, we're we're learning stuff from him in practice every single day since he's been here. Uh, little things, little little things that the defensive line is doing with him, um, and I think it's gonna make I think he's gonna make us a better team in the long run. Yeah, he's an out there dude. Sometimes talk shoulder pads with him. He's fun. Oh yeah, his tiny shoulder pads. <laughs> No, I haven't. I haven't got a chance. I haven't talked to him about that. But I mean, <laughs> you you play with what feels good for yourself, and if if that works for him, then then I mean, go for it. Um, we have one more thing to uh, ask you about. So, Jake, do you want to set this up? You found this audio. This was this just on DallasCowboys dot com. Yeah, they do the sounds of the sideline, yeah. which uh, f- for us looks like it would be really annoying for players. <laughs> That they have that mic down there on the sideline the whole time. Like, and, is it the big boom mic they hang over you? Yeah, but I think there's like several of them. Okay. And uh, last week, you were out, obviously, and on the sideline debating the best version of Call of Duty with Antoine Woods. <laughs> All right, let's play this. This is about 10 minutes or uh, 10 minutes. Yeah, we're going to play you a 10 minute clip. No, let's play you a 10 okay. second clip, and right. then, uh, then we can talk about it. Here you go. The original Black Ops. Newtown, bro. Yes. Come on, bro. Yes. That's the car, dude. I love yeah. my heart. Yeah. This new yeah. shit, everybody camping and going yeah. everywhere, yeah. sliding on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, bro, I'm yeah. got a headache. So this is uh, no doubt a conversation because there's a new Call of Duty that just dropped, uh, Modern Warfare or something like that. And so you and Antoine yeah. Woods just got into a uh, a discussion on the best Call of Duty, it sounds like. Yep. Uh, I think we both agreed that the original Black Ops and the older the older versions of Call of Duty 
uh, were were the best so far. Um, <laughs> it's just a, a random conversation, a random thing that gets brought up on the sideline, and then it turns into a lot more than that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, okay, so so the newer ones, I, I don't. I obviously have um, left my prime for uh, the Call of Duty leagues, but uh, it appears there's more zombies in there than there used to be. Is that right? Um, Is that the game with the zombies now, or uh, am I getting them mixed up? Have you tr- have you played the new one? Yeah, yeah, I've played the new Modern Warfare. There, I don't, I don't, I haven't ran any zombies yet. So okay. I think you're thinking of Fortnite. Yeah, I'm probably the new update of Fortnite. Are you not Fortnite guy? I'm a big Fortnite guy. I play a bunch of shooter games. I don't really play sports games. Uh, I really only play Call of Duty and, and Fortnite. Do you like the pump or tactical shoddy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not very accurate, so i got to have a lot of bullets that fire fast. So um, <laughs> I would have to say probably the tactical. Okay, and, and, and the follow-up, of course, is uh, so you're not playing Amari Cooper in chess. Uh, you're you're more of the Call of Duty type. Yep. Okay. Does Amari Cooper play chess in the locker room? Um, I don't know. I want to say I've seen him and someone else playing chess before, but it was a while ago, maybe like back in OTAs or something. But okay. Uh, I don't know. How's your level of chess at this point? Um. Yeah, probably not very good. Uh, I'm probably very extremely on the lower side of average. That's okay. That's okay. Um, I was just sent uh, a link from uh, from someone about, that is for officialLVE.com. And so I uh, very conversationally just wanted to uh, say it appears that you are selling gear online, and it also appears you spent a considerable amount of time having to put on different pieces of gear for this uh for this photo array Did he just photoshop his head in there it, it looks like an original photo for each shirt that you sell uh would that be fair yeah. okay yeah, that's very that's very accurate <laughs> how long did that take uh it probably took an hour okay all that's right not bad not yeah, so bad not bad not so bad okay well official lve.com just in time for the holidays Layton. yep yep <laughs> yep we had that We've had this line out for a while now. Uh, I think since half last season, um, but I mean, it, it's it's just kind of uh, repping repping the brand, repping my brand, and and, and how it kind of took off last year, and the fans loving it. So, uh, I mean, all the support is is greatly appreciated. And I mean, we've been doing some giveaways here and there, um, but I mean, it's it's awesome to see that kind of support from the fans. Very good. We're on it, man. Thank you for your time this week. Stay ahead of the storm. <laughs> I will. Is that another Call of Duty reference or uh, Fortnite? Oh, that's a Fortnite uh, reference. Okay, Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Get his face. Yeah, come on, dude. <laughs> we might be posers in the video game space, uh, uh, unlike football, Layton. But right, uh, we know everything about football. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll talk with you next week, man. Thanks for your time. Alrighty, thank you guys. See you, man. They send Bender out. Now it's the Joel Klatt Show. Joel Klatt. Joel Klatt. You hear that sound, you know what time it is. So we've got the song, and now we need Mino with Commerce. Wortham Brothers and Blackland Distillery. And now we need Killer 
to punch up our Joel featured Clatt. guest at 215. Joel Clat. Joel Clat. We got him. I'm just messing with you. It's Joel the great Clatt. Joel Clat. Joel, do you read me, sir? Joel Clat. Do you think it's appropriate to mess with us right now, Mino? This is a just with killer, very, very important guest we have on right now. We can't. Uh, Yeah, uh, let's be honest. Let's be honest. That uh, type of thing uh, it doesn't allow you back. (laughs) Well, well, yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna end somebody over it. But Gus uh, and Joel (laughs) would have you replaced by tomorrow. Talking about at the at the time slot. Okay, the time yeah, slot. yeah. Not something to mess around with. Man. Absolutely, no, no, not 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 this segment. This is uh, this is sacred. Um, Mr. Clatt, so much has happened in the college football world since we last visited. Uh, yeah. Perhaps we should uh, start with the end, which is uh, last night in the Final Four. And I know you're, I know you're raging for various uh, agenda-filled reasons, not yours, but the agenda of the committee, which uh, disturbs you greatly. But are you confident, or, or well, let's put it this way, who are the four teams that you would want in there, not because it's fair, but because these are the four that belong? Well, that's a, I think that's a good question. Um, I would include Minnesota in the top four. Um, and I know Saturday night I put out some rankings. I had them seventh, and I've been mulling over it over the last few days. And, Bob, I, I just feel like they've done enough. And I think, you know, more than me raging about bias and, and things of that nature, I do have to be honest. Like, I, I don't believe these people on the committee are, are bad, right? I mean, like, I think it's easy to vilify the committee. Yeah. Um, and, and I've done it at times. There's certainly that. But I think it's important to note that their, their task is incredibly difficult. And, and I understand that, right? However, there's some things working against them. And I think that the two things primarily that work against them and their efforts to give us these rankings is that there is no concrete criteria, um, that middle-of-the-season rankings um, should not have this level of importance. And then also the, the second part of this would be I have told you for a long time that preseason rankings matter and early season rankings matter, and that's absolutely the case. Absolutely yes. the case. And I think last night's ranking was irrefutable evidence that that is truth. Let me just pose a question to you. Because, listen, I was wrong about some teams in the preseason, namely two, okay, two that I just whiffed on. I thought Nebraska was going to have a breakout year. I thought that they, they, they had the quarterback, they had the coach, and they had the schedule uh, to have a breakout year. So I included them. I can't remember the exact – Number, but I think it was maybe 15. I'm not sure exactly, but I I ranked them like 15 in my preseason rankings. I did not have Penn State ranked primarily because I thought Trace McSorley was was too important to them, and and I thought that missing him was going to be a huge hurdle to get over for them. They're in a really tough division. I I was debating between them like 23, 24, 25, 26, and I and I happened to leave them out. Um, I did not have Minnesota in my preseason ranking. So you can see, you can you can make an argument for all of those things, right? And you conjure up these arguments and you rank, rank teams. Let's just say for a moment that the sentiment nationally was not what I had about Nebraska, but let's say you replace that Nebraska sentiment with Minnesota. What if it was, hey, P.J. Flex got something going. They won with young players late last year. And, you know, I think they deserve to be 15th in the country. 
I have zero doubt in my mind, Bob, that if Minnesota was ranked 15th in the, in, in the country in the AP poll to start the year, they'd be in the fourth slot today. And, and that's where the subconscious bias, the confirmation bias, and the structure with which we watch football during the first half of the season changes based on this AP poll, which I have argued against for years, that it is garbage to rank teams this early. Plus, some of the rankings that they give us, give us even once teams actually play, are horrendous. We still have people ranking Clemson number one in the AP poll. I mean, for goodness sake, like, what are we doing? So um, those, those things, the, the lack of actual criteria and the fact that this system lends itself to bias that these 13 people don't even know is there. It's just subconscious, yeah. the framework and the structure of the sport. And it gives us what we got last night. Minnesota should not be at eight. I'm just here to tell you that. They have earned a higher ranking than that. And the reason I know that is because in other instances within the top 10, what you have is the committee trying to use the excuse that they value quality wins, right? Like that's why Georgia's ahead of Alabama. And like, well, Georgia, you know, they, they have better wins than Alabama. And that's true, except for the fact that actually literally, Bob, the second best win that any of the committee's top 10 teams have is Minnesota over Penn State by the committee's own rankings because they left Penn State in the top 10. There's only two top 10 teams right now via the committee's rankings that have a top 10 win on their resume with where the committee is ranking teams currently. That's LSU over Alabama, and that's Minnesota over Penn State. So here's an undefeated Minnesota team that doesn't have the benefit of being ranked in the preseason, doesn't have the benefit of being in a major brand, that has the second-best win of any top-10 team in the country, and they left them at eight. What are we doing, right? So, again, it's not these people's fault. It's just that the system is so brutally flawed. Right. That said... Do you feel like Minnesota can stay within three touchdowns of LSU or Alabama? I'm not sure. Probably not. I didn't think that they were going to stay within a touchdown or two of Penn State, and they were able to see. Do I that. guess I guess Penn that's State where I'm at, Joel. But, but here's the problem, Bob. Like, are are we really at a point where we're just because now we're just we're just ranking teams and rewarding no no you're right you're right based off of recruiting rankings, off recruiting rankings and off 20 to 40 years of bias because we love the sport but but allow me to say you are a college football a wise man an official uh an opinion that matters i'm just a dude on a couch watching games and if you ask me do i want fair for minnesota and baylor versus seeing the game i saw on saturday again or maybe against Ohio State or Clemson. I'm just going to tell you the truth. I'm not too worried about fair. I want to see that again. I, I you know, and 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 I, I guess it's my, it's an ingrained bias. At least I'll admit my bias. My bias, and I think Baylor's a great story. Minnesota's a great story. SMU is a great story. There's great stories, but then there's the common sense of feeling like I saw probably two of the four best teams in the country play on Saturday, sure. and it was awesome. Yeah, but shouldn't we reward the team that actually won and achieved in that game? How is it fair to LSU to give Alabama a backdoor into the playoff I know. win 
Alabama is not going to have to play a 13th uh, regular season game, if you want to call it that, in the SEC championship. See, none of this. So what is LSU's reward of, of winning that game on the road against Alabama? Yeah. Oh, great. You've got to go play 60 more minutes of football against a great team. And if you lose that one, who knows? Who knows? You know, I, I don't know. Oh, and by the way, we're just going to give Alabama a pass to get more healthy. <laughs> I'm not so saying it's right. Potentially beat you down the road. <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And remember, the most unique and special part about college football, what is it? That our regular season is more important and influential than any other regular season in all of sports. So while I understand your sentiment, I think in reality, it hurts the sport. Yeah. Seeing LSU play Alabama in a rematch in the BCS National Championship game, what was it, seven years ago, that was, an, that, that was terrible for the sport. It was terrible for the sport, only because LSU earned the right to not have to play them in that championship game. I think it was flawed when Georgia had to go play an extra SEC championship game and then had to go and play Alabama in the national championship game. Yep. The fact that we allow non-champions into the playoff, I believe, is a is a fundamental problem within the sport. I'm, I'm cool with all that. Jake? Yeah, we saw Alabama just get pushed around on Saturday, but I want to talk about Joe Burrow, um, especially since where the LSU quarterback situation is, has been over the last decade or so. And now I'm seeing talk of him as a possible number one overall pick. We spoke with you just a couple weeks ago about uh, the number of starts and the number of games played that most of these college quarterbacks that have success in the NFL now have. You know, he played in 10 games at Ohio State, which hilariously Colin Coward did not know when he asked Urban Meyer why they didn't try to recruit uh, Joe Burrow. But does he pass the test for you for as a guy who's played it enough and played enough big games to be a top five type pick? Oh, there's no doubt. There is no doubt. And I think what you're going to see, guys, as we get into the draft season, is you're going to see um, lots of different rankings uh, from each team. I think each team is going to have a different viewpoint of these top quarterbacks. Some are going to have two and number one. Some are going to have Burrow number one. It's not going to surprise me if Joe Burrow goes number one overall. Part of the issue with, with Tua is while he is a phenomenal player, and I think he, he should be, and likely will be a really good pro, we haven't seen him play healthy against some of the better competition that Alabama plays. And let's face it, that's kind of a rarity for Alabama. They are substantially better than everybody else that they play. And so when you go to the games that you want to see him compete in, he's been banged up. And candidly, his numbers have not been good in those games. Whereas Burrow has been healthy He's, he's played some of his best games of his year, uh, of this year in particular against top uh, teams and top competition. Um, and I think that's going to bode well for him. Uh, I think Herbert's going to have something to say about that as well. But I don't think it's set in stone. I really don't. I think Joe Burrow is, is gaining some steam. And I think it matters the type of tape that you churn out, in particular late in the last season that you play in college. We saw that a little bit with Dwayne Haskins as his momentum grew last year. And I think you're going to see the same with Joe Burrow. He certainly has his you know, vice grip right now on the Heisman Trophy. And it's not going to surprise me at all if he goes number one overall. And remember now, he's not doing this in a college offense. This is Joe Brady's offense that he brought from New Orleans. And so these NFL teams are being afforded the opportunity to evaluate what Joe does with an NFL offense. And obviously that's similar to what Tua has at Alabama with Steve Sarkeesian. 
And that's going to help both of those guys out, certainly. I'm going to go full sports talk radio, man, and say we should not be talking like this after one loss by five points to the number one team now in the country. But I've never seen Alabama just get beat up inside like that. I mean, I've never seen them give that much uh, uh, up, down in, down out. Are you worried at all that this is some sort of a crack-in-the-foundation type thing? I mean, they didn't just lose. They got destroyed inside. I think it's a, it's a problem. They have a lot of youth on that defense. They don't run the football like they have in past years. And and part of that is is the fact that it's really, really tough to be a complete team, to have the ability to be a team that can win a shootout and the, the ability to be a team that's going to win in a phone booth. Generally, you have to kind of choose which side you're going to be uh, of that coin. Um, having said that, I think that they will be, in the next couple of years, a dominant defense. They're likely going to lead college football in most defensive categories within the next couple of years because of all the young players that they've got playing. Remember, they were ravaged by injuries, in particular at linebacker to begin the year. They've had a lot of freshmen playing. Um, it's cyclical, and, and I think that they caught a cycle for the first time really in Saban's tenure where they didn't have the depth to cover up for some of those injuries, and, and those issues have shown themselves. Um, and then here's the other point. I think it's really tough to dominate defensively all year. Now, we're seeing Ohio State do that to some degree and Clemson do that to some degree this year, but remember Clemson's schedule is absolute dog you-know-what. Uh, out of the ACC. But what you are seeing is that you've got to have a great defense to win a championship, and that's certainly the case. But to get there, you've got to have a great offense. And at some point, you're going to get into a shootout and have to win that game. Uh, And I I don't think Alabama is any different. Uh, In our remaining moments, which aren't that many, but uh, enough uh, for you to give us a a reasonable thought, and I know you have one on this, tell me what I'm supposed to believe about Chase Young in this whole situation. uh, What's your take on this? So I I actually know quite a bit about this this whole thing. I bet you do. Chase um, met this person um, the summer before his freshman year. So because that relationship was not established prior to his recruitment at Ohio State, this was going to be a violation, whether it was a family friend or or not. Now, you can argue whether that should be the case uh, or it shouldn't, but that is the rule. So he, he takes a loan. This loan was for the purpose of bowl travel for the Rose Bowl last year for his girlfriend. Now, some reported it was for his family. I was under the uh, assumption um, and and belief that it was for his girlfriend. Um, I, I have heard amounts, but they've been speculated on, so I don't want to give them publicly like this, but it was over the $700 threshold. So the facts, as you know, Omar, the, the relationship was not established soon enough, so it's going to be a penalty, and it was above $700. So it's going to be on the spectrum, probably in the four-game range. Now, what ends up happening is the NCAA takes into consideration – Did you pay it back? Did you pay it back after you were caught? Um, Have you been forthright with information? Have you helped with the investigation? So on and so forth. He apparently, and by very good sources, was incredibly forthright with the information, had paid it back and could prove it in full before he was caught, dating back to last April. Um, and, And because of that, the suspension that on the spectrum should have been four games by the letter of the law, 30% of the games, uh, if anything, over $700, 
got reduced down to two because he was so cooperative in the investigation. I think it's fascinating that he played Maryland on the week that he got caught, if you will, and Maryland is where he's from, and his high school coach is on Maryland's staff, and he has former high school teammates that play on Maryland, and he FaceTimes them all the time. It, it, it just seemed like too much of a coincidence to me, and I know I'm speculating at this point, but remember, Bob, um, if it was Penn State or Michigan and they wanted to get him or some SEC team that wanted to get him, they would have waited until the weeks that they were going to play him. Why would they have given this tip the week before he plays Maryland and Rutgers? That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> right. So that was my speculation before the half, if you caught any of that yeah. wind. And uh, it comes down as final, and Chase Young is going to serve a second of his two games against Rutgers, and he'll be back for Penn State when Gus and Jenny and I go up there next week. Well, there we go. And you have Michigan-Michigan State this week, and uh, that That's is right. 11 a.m. Central. So good luck with that. We'll be watching, and we thank you for your time, Mr. Klatt. Good stuff. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. See you, brother. That's Joe Klatt. Joe Klatt here on the ticket. Homer call of the week, week 10. Let's check in with John Radigan. All right, Dave. Thank you very much. Coming up on Rangers Live, we've got all kinds of analysis from Steve Busby. We're going to hear the Ron Washington press conference, and of course, we will bring you the very latest on the Rangers activity in the draft today. You know, Tom, I had the strangest dream that I was sitting up there with you for a while, but uh, you know what? I was living the dream before the dream. I'm back on the Rangers live set now, guys, and back to you. Strike one to Austin Jackson. Get ready, Dallas, as Sports Radio 1310 The Ticket presents the Homer Call of the Week. Take that with show. Fraz approaching the circle. Fraz inside the circle. Christ is up. He goes in. He goes in. He goes in. Unbelievable. After three years in waiting, the Jesuit Rangers are state champions. And the Eagles have just pulled off the most remarkable win I have ever seen. Miracle number two in the Meadowlands. Touchdown off the board for the Green Wave. Nuts and bolts, we got screwed. He's got Touchdown, Matthew Showalter! Touchdown, Matthew Showalter! Touchdown, Matthew Showalter! forgot about Matthew Showalter. Homer call without the Dan. Boy, a big moment for Jake. Here we go. That's right, Bob. This is week 10. It's actually our 11th week because we have a week zero. Isn't that what you say? That's right. Okay. Just lean back on your training here. Okay. Uh, yes, we have six cuts. We'll, of course, all vote for our favorites. And should we need to, we will select one team for the wild card hunt, Francesa. Careful. We will start with Illinois. V Michigan State. This one in is it East Lansing? Uh yes. So at one point of this game, uh Sparty led thirty one to ten. The fighting Illinois fight all the way back, and we take you now to the final play of the game with Illinois trailing thirty four thirty to Michigan State. And tell me whether or not you think this guy has a laugh that resembles one that has recently been popularized on the station. They gotta hurry. Nobody has any timeouts left. Second and goal at the five. Twenty-three seconds left. The Illini looking to the sideline. Gotta hurry. Let's go. 20 seconds left. 17 seconds left. 
15 seconds left. Down to 10. Peters rolls right. Looks to the end zone. Lob. Touchdown! He's got it! He's got a touchdown! Daniel yes! Parker! Daniel yes! Parker with five seconds left. <laughs> touchdown, Illinois! Peters looked and looked and looked, and he finally found Daniel Parker open in the end zone. Touchdown, Illinois! And they lead 36-34 with five seconds left. And the Illini are five seconds away from going bowling. Let's go! And look at the marching Illini holding a party in the corner with the Illini faithful in that corner off to our left. So the color guy is basically just a drop at this point. And he even starts clapping like, hoo, hoo, ah, hoo, hoo. Touchdown, Illinois! And they lead 36-34 with five seconds left. And they allow- <laughs> wow. That's great, man. It's that a very that chimpanzee. Fighting Illini radio booth, is, uh, they've put in some tough years, but they're really rolling in 2019. They're going bowling, Bob. That's awesome. Good for them. We go now to Colorado v. Stanford. As uh, Colorado is facing a 37-yard game-winning field goal attempt, second and 12 on the Stanford 19, two seconds left in the game. Take it away. I've sinned a few times this year. The heart just can't take it there, Gary. <laughs> Hey, oh, it's goodness. a great game, Mark. Oh, it's been fantastic. Yeah, you know, we've seen two good defenses or two defenses play really well. We've seen two good punters that flip the field. We've seen we just put together a six-minute drive, by the way, and uh, now it comes down to this. Here we go. The ball is spotted between the hashes, kicking from left to right. Down on the right knee, right hand extended is Alex Kennedy. Evan Price, the redshirt freshman out of Evergreen, Colorado, with a kick. Of 27 yards, make it a 37-yard kick for the win. It's up. It is on its way. And the price is right. And down go the tree. And the Buffs win as time expires. And snap a five-game losing streak with a 16-13 win over the Stanford Cardinal for hope coming here in Boulder, Colorado. Wow. What a great kick. What a great execution of that play. That kid's heart had to be in his throat, but he was cool and calm. Stepped right through it. Great win. Six-minute drive. That's as good as it gets right there. Coach, that you just feel good for this Buffs team after oh, five boy. consecutive losses. I feel good for you, Mark. <laughs> Trust me. I was starting to worry about you. <laughs> Do you think it's Homer whenever you have to highlight that, boy, today uh, we've seen, geez, what, two punters flip the field? <laughs> Man, I can't highlight your action. I can't get over the smooth jazz voice Doesn't of that play-by-play like play man. He sounds like a guy we have around here, right? Who would that be? TCU, maybe? Tech? There's somebody that we've played before that kind of has that very, very smooth. It's incredibly right comforting that one. to hear my football in this tone. All right, we'll stay with college football, and we will go to Texas State. The uh, alumnus alumni—that's the proper word for Is that. Is that you? Yeah, of myself and Tech and uh, Alexis Texas, of course. Uh, <laughs> the South Alabama. This is uh, an opportunity for a uh, South Alabama has a chance to win it with a field goal from the twenty-eight, with one minute left in the game. The snap, the hold, kick up. 
No good. No good. Wide to the left. Wide to the left. Wide to the left. 68 seconds to go. And the Bobcats maintain the 30 to 28 lead. I don't believe what I just saw, Jack Buck. Oh, Nate standing on the field. He really cannot believe it either. My goodness, if you had put paint on the side of the football, you could have painted the upright as it went by. I like that. Can I use that, Clint? Absolutely. If there was paint on the ball, you could have painted the upright. We'll trademark that as a uh, Texas State Network original. Make it a homecoming 2019 t-shirt. Okay, let's slow down. <laughs> I don't know if we need to call the printing press just yet. <laughs> can, I, can I use that one? Sounds like us trying to make everything a t-shirt. It does. Yeah, but ours really should be T-shirts. We were here first. (laughs) All right, now we move on to the NF League. This is Titan Chief. Uh, Of course, we all probably saw this game. Kansas City driving at a 52-yard field goal. uh, Chance to tie it on a third and five. Three seconds left in the fourth quarter after uh, just a real duel between Ryan Tannehill and Patrick Mahomes. We go now to the Tennessee booth. The Decatur Georgia native. Out of the hold of Dustin Colquitt. Set. Set. Block! Block! It's been picked up by Sims. It's blocked by Kalu! Joshua Kalu! Joshua Kalu! Joshua Kalu has won it for the Titans. One of the greatest, most exciting games we've ever had at Nissan Stadium. <laughs> Patrick nice. Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes throws for over 400 yards, but Joshua Kalu blocked it with his left hand. Ladies and gentlemen, we had him all the way. <laughs> that is so outstanding. That is such a lie. Look at these fans. What a game. Look at these fans. What a game. How many yards did Mahomes end up with? I'm just going to ask. Who cares? 7,000. 446. He is so good. And again, the last time the Titans had a guy throw for 400 yards, Tony Romo. And he what? Lost. You called it all the way, Mike Keith. Look at these fans. This is Nissan Stadium. Tennessee 35, Kansas City 32 as the Titans get it done again. Boy, this is just what Nissan Stadium's all about, you know? When, wow. <laughs> this is one of the, Let's make a the, list. the biggest game we've ever had at Nissan Stadium here in week 10. <laughs> and a little shot at Romo there. Yeah. I'm trying to remember Romo going for four. Like, oh, you know what? what? I think it was 2010, right? That I, sounds right, yeah. I but I just, like, what, what, just, what just happened here? Yeah, I'm just, yeah. watching. just enjoying a Titans miracle. All right, we go to Monday night. It's not Bug, it's not Tess, but it is the 49ers radio booth as uh, the 49ers needed a 47-yard field goal to try to tie this thing and send it to overtime. Just incredible. Last year in Illinois, he became the first kicker with 50-yard field goals in three consecutive games in Illinois football history. But this one's a 47-yarder right between the hashes. It'll be Kyle Nelson long snapping. Wisnowski will hold. Chase McLaughlin to tie the game and force overtime. They got it down. Chase has it away. He has the distance. It's right down the middle. What's his name right Chase McMahon. Tie game. 
one second to go in regulation. He's made three field goals tonight. Wow. Not sure if Chase McMade it makes it to a t-shirt or not. Had to have. Chase McMade it. That place is uh, pumping. Pumping the base at old Levi Stadium. So we've wrapped up college in the NFL. We will conclude Homer Call like we do every week with Connecticut High School football. This is <laughs> Norwich Free Academy versus right. Killingly High School. Uh, and, yeah, we've got uh, Norwich driving down, trying to tie this on the final play of the game, uh, or trying to win it as the game is tied on the final play of the game as time expires. Norwich. Jump into a prevent goes Killingly. NFA, one last shot. Desolus has time over the middle. Goes to Pierce the And there goes Cody. Touchdown. Touchdown, Wildcats. Hook and lateral stuns the Red Hawks. The Wildcats have pulled off a miracle on senior night. I've seen a lot of things in high school football, but this is incredible. Wow. Max Pierre-Louis. With the reception, the lateral to Andrew Cody. And it will forever be known as the senior night miracle here at the Academy. NFA 27, Killingly 21. I can't believe it. I cannot believe what I just saw. What What is that? A ball game. Possible prisoner of the moment to proclaim that it will forever be known. As the miracle on senior night, it's but the greatest senior night ever. <laughs> so from college, we had Illinois, yeah, v Michigan State with the chimpanzee laugh. From Colorado, uh, Stanford, we had the Price is Right as the kicker Price hits a kick. From Texas State, South Alabama, uh, we had South Alabama missing a field goal and failing to, uh, or I guess they painted the uprights with uh with the ball from Tennessee, Kansas City, we have uh Kalu. That's a fun name for an announcer to say right, by the way. Right. Uh blocking the field goal. Biggest game at Nissan Stadium from San Francisco, Seattle. We had the 49ers tying it to force overtime with a field goal from McMadeit and finally Norwich Free Academy and their hook and lateral. <sighs> Mino, what to do? Give me the senior night miracle for the win and I like the Chimpanzee, laugh and clap. I like that first one. Illinois, Michigan State is a wild card. Julie? My wild card is the senior night miracle. My winner is the often imitated, never duplicated fake chimpanzee. <laughs> this is really taking off. All right, Bob? Did Illinois win a couple weeks ago? And should that count in my what? thought process? Uh, I'm gonna say no. I want a clean ballot. Man, I think they, I think they won for their Wisconsin. I'm not saying they didn't. Oh, win. Okay. I'm saying it shouldn't matter. Okay. Well, then I like uh, I like Texas State and Illinois. Um, who gets the win? Who gets the win? Texas State gets the win for me. Finally, we got something. Uh, and killer. I'm gonna go with the play that I run down the field like an idiot, not knowing where I'm going, and then uh, the Kim Benzie cousin. So. Does anybody have any idea what any of that? What was your first one? The Connecticut. Okay. I was trying to do the, and the second uh, one? varsity blues and then the <laughs> chimp, the chimpanzee for the second one. Oh, my. One, one more time. I now sort of understand your Coach uh, Kilmer reference. 
uh, the hook and lateral, but yeah. you, that's this is not the time for that. Okay. Uh, okay Can you run then. us through the illegal defense rule in the NBA real fast, Killer? No, I can't. Okay. Boy, this is confusing. That's called the drop third strike. <laughs> uh, so it looks like... What are the rules for an onside kick? Uh, it looks like the chimpanzee will be the winner with Norwich. And uh, what would you call that play again, Killer, there? The last one? The one where I run down the field like an idiot and you throw me the ball. Okay, that'll be your wild card. On That's night. called a drop third strike. There you go. That's Homer <laughs> Call, week 10. That's Homer Call. Thank you, Jake. Finally, picks with friends. All right, it's quarter after two. It's the Bob and Dan radio show. It's Bob and Jake. Hey, Bob. Hi, Jake. All right, it's time to do picks. Picks with friends. I don't know if we have a theme song, but here are picks with friends. And uh, on our phone lines right now, several friends. Let's see. Uh, punch up Jub. Hello, George. How are you? Sounds like we have a theme song now. That's all you take. It, it takes just one line, then it turns into a song the next week. At school, I take a dick into the pool. You take your what into the pool? <laughs> okay, that needs to be that. Uh, no one laughs at that. That needs to just go away. It is funny though. Uh here's it's Corby. Hi, Corby. Corby. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Are you there? Are you there, Bob? Yes, I'm there. Are you there? Okay. I'm gonna have to do something, Dad. First off, say hi to Mike. Hi, Mike. Hi, Bob. <laughs> are you driving with Mike? We're riding to the remote together like we do every single remote. That's hot. Okay. Uh, let's. What's that, Mike? Standard fare for us. They, that means they took Mike's license. Oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> uh, let's go live now to Donovan. Hi, Donovan. Hey, hey what's up? You having a nice day, Donnie? Having a fantastic day. How about you, Bob? Boy, Donovan is running away with this thing. It looks like. How's the wind out there at uh, at hole ten? <laughs> I did not go out. It gave me such a a look of disgust when I told you I may be at the turn. I decided not to do it. So thanks, Jake. All right, it's working. Uh, and uh, look who's joining us from Cleveland, Ohio, ladies and gentlemen. The site of tonight's. Cleveland Cavaliers Miami Heat game where he'll be wearing a half and half LeBron jersey. Ladies and gentlemen, say hello to Dan McDowell. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Bark like a dog. You know, we're going to. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Calling out Mason Rudolph. That's awesome. I love it. Hi, Dan. Hey, how dare he? How dare he? How's Cleveland? Effing cold. <laughs> it is horrible. Did you guys hear about Dan's sports doubleheader tonight? Yeah, and I still yeah, don't get how he's going to do it. What, Corby? How's he pulling off two games? Well, they moved the Cavs game, right, Dan? Yeah, we have a 6 p.m. start for the Cavs game. Should end... During the first quarter, right at the beginning of the uh, Browns game, then we will uh, head on over to Cleveland Stadium or whatever they call it now. Is it still called Cleveland Stadium? You tell me, but you have a you have a Cavaliers Heat game, and you're going to stay till the end. 
as opposed to making kickoff? What if Baker needs you ready to kickoff? <laughs> well, he's going to have to get I, – I just – you know, that's my ticket. My guy with the ticket. In fact, uh, Rafa is the Spanish play-by-play guy for the Cavs and the Browns. So uh, he has to stay till the end of the game. Then we're going to go over to the stadium with Rafa where Octavio – Octavio? Yeah. His, uh, his cohort will be just doing the first quarter solo. Wow! And then, then we hop into the Browns. And will you so, be joining? Will you be joining them on the air? Probably not. I hope not. Okay. But I will be in the Spanish booth, which I understand they do discriminate against the Hispanic here in Cleveland. Uh, the the booth is in the end zone. Oh! So I bought I bought binoculars today, along with some thermal socks. And, yeah, they make bright uh, champions that too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he he, spe- he speaks English. Yeah, the radio booths uh, at the Death Star are not uh, anywhere close to the middle of the field, right, George? No, they're in the corner. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. You know why? Yeah, more and more are going that way. That's where the suites uh, sell best is midfield, Dan. Mm-hmm. Got to get yeah. that. Got to get that money. Okay, so. Uh, I don't know necessarily how to anchor this segment. I think I'm supposed to uh, engage you all in banter and repartee, but I don't have much. And therefore, would you like to look at the records and talk some football? Let's let's yeah. do it. So, uh, last week was moving day, Jake, and uh, that means that the standings are now coming into rather clear focus as uh, Donovan Lewis is taking off and now has a full five-game lead on everybody. Donovan, you're red hot. I am am finally listening to Norm. I take his picks, and I go the opposite way. (laughs) Donovan with 55 wins out of 100 games played. We've played 10 weeks. How many do we play, 14 or 15 weeks? To be determined. I really don't know. Okay. But Donovan has won 55 of his first 100, which you might say is not that impressive, but for us, it's a commanding lead. Because in second place, we have new second place as Jake, George, and Dan all have 50 wins. Whoa. George is 24 and 6 over the last three weeks. Man. How about that heater? Having a nice little month. I've got some free picks for you tonight, too, so give me a call. Walk <laughs> <laughs> of the week. So now yeah. dropping like a rock to fifth place is Bob, who not only is in fifth place after being in first for the first eight weeks, is now in uh, fifth place by a healthy three-game deficit behind uh, second, third, and fourth. And then corby is not anywhere out of this but it looks like i might be his last hope to pull out of uh, last place he is four games back of fifth with 43 wins corby i like it now by the way i am uh and i, ju- I don't know if, if this is any signal of what's to come as far as my triple plays go but my record so far in triple plays is six and 24 <laughs> Boy, we need uh, we need to break out the spreadsheet on how badly triple plays or how greatly they've gone Seriously. for different teams. Because I th- I'm pretty sure I'm down there as well. God. Corby, at least you're still killing it on the morning news. 
Yeah, I am. I am. You got that going for Are you? you? No, I'm not. Yeah, I think you might have fallen below 500 in the morning news also. Who's beating him over there? Uh, it appears to be just about everybody, including Rick Renner, by a healthy margin. Dude. Yeah, sorry about that, Corby. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> You're losing to Rico Suave? Rico Rene. All right. Uh, Let's uh, pick some games, and to do that, as I understand. Dan, am I doing this right? These are beating Nui. Is this going okay, Dan? Little pick up the energy a little bit, maybe. All right, let's go I mean, live. A little more me, a little more me, but we're doing good. Okay, because I was gonna, I was more than happy to let you anchor this thing, but uh, but I'm, I'm I'm just trying to uh, like Stu Cedar, let my instincts take over here. Uh, let's go to Donovan, who's in first place, and Donovan, uh, please make your selections for this week. Well, I will take the Cowboys on the oh, road. Man. Cowboys laying four and a half, even though most casinos have taken the game off the board with the Matt Stafford status. But we have a line of Cowboys minus four and a half at this point. That's who I'm going to take. I will take the Cowboys. And for my triple play, I am torn. But I'm going to go with Middle Tennessee State over Rice. Middle Tennessee. They are favored 14 and a half points over Rice, who's winless. At home, please give me Middle Tennessee State. Okay. Donovan selects Middle Tennessee State. Now, I don't know how tiebreakers determine who goes next. Uh, Dan determines. All right. So we leave it to the sports viewer. So, Dan. Either me, Jake, or Jub. I think probably Jub because he's on the hottest streak and we all need to know what he's doing. Seems fair. Uh, Jub, you have honors, Your Honor. Well. With my knowledge of Conference USA, I'm tempted to go with Rice as a triple play. By the way, I think the Cowboys to win on Sunday in cover. I think they'll bounce back. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Tempted to take Rice in a triple play, but um, I think I'm going to stick with what I know. And I know that Boomer Sooner, Boomer Sooner. Is going to get their swag back on. Give me the Sooners, and I'll lay 10 at Baylor. Oklahoma laying 10 at Baylor for his triple play. All right. Now to Dan. And to the pitcher's mound. (laughs) Well, let's take you – how about we get a little Thursday night action, boys? Okay. Oh, no. Baker's never let you down. Let's see which direction he goes. First of all, let me uh, let me go ahead and take the Cowboys. All right. Homer. So, um, yeah, I just want to follow what Donovan does because he knows all the games. <laughs> and uh, we're going to go to First Energy Stadium. We've uh, learned, the ticket is learned, the home of the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are favored by three. (laughs) They've got the number one overall pick at quarterback versus, like, some guy that played in Oklahoma somewhere, right? Correct. All this checks out so far. However, they've got Mike Tomlin. We've got Freddie Kitchens. Give me Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers for a triple play. 
Hermano, you better not to the game. You better not tell Octavio about Boy, this. Boy, this this reverse jinx is great and so very tempting. And you invite you invented the reverse jinx, and it's a uh, it's a glorious thing to do. So yeah, I'm oh. going to uh, steal Bob's bit. I will bet against the Browns. Now, if I lose my bet, then I'll be swept up in the euphoria of a uh, huge uh, win in the dog pound. Don't all the soda uh, machines unlock if you guys win this game tonight? <laughs> I don't know what – I don't think they sell things here anymore because you throw them on the field. That's true. That's true. Okay, well, this is uh, very intriguing, Jake. Are you going to uh, fade yeah, Mr. McDowell? The I'm uh, – a six-game swing tonight. This is very intriguing. No, there's no need to press just yet. I am going to go with the always reliable. You always know what you're going to get out of this team. They come prepared every week. They never fall down against inferior competition, particularly on the road. I'll take Texas getting six and a half in Ames at Iowa State for my triple play. Mm. Uh, always always uh, up for the challenge, Texas. Just Tom Herman. It's the way he does things. And Texas getting six and a half? Yeah. Okay. Road They're getting six and a half. Yeah. Huh. They are the uh the road faves. Okay. And, uh, I have seven. Okay, yeah, seven. I don't know. Whatever it is on the sheet. Well, why don't you just do the show, Donovan? Let's just pretend it's tomorrow. Oh, they're giving well, here. Why are you well, here and it's seven? Why are you giving them another half point? Yeah, Donovan. Well, I'm just trying to go right with the line. Gee, excuse me for doing things the right way. Yeah, Iowa State crap. minus seven. Okay. Uh, Wait a minute. Now you want Iowa State? No, I'm saying that's okay. the line. You want Texas yeah, plus Texas. Seven. Yeah, okay. and I guess I'll take the Cowboys um, until, of course, Stafford's going to get cleared and beat them by 21, but for now we're all kind of flying blind here. All right, it's my turn to go, but I would like to ask Corby, are you planning on playing tonight? Um, I don't know, Bob. You're first. I know. Ooh. Do it. Somebody do needs it. to do it. Do it. You do it. Man. Do you have the stack to back Baker Mayfield? Yes. I am oh. taking Cleveland tonight. Jesus, wow. Tony. <laughs> Cleveland minus three. Spicy. Uh, I I just want everyone to know I went into this segment uh, just to further torture myself. My triple play until this moment was going to be Arizona plus 11 on Sunday. And uh, I totally... It's a much better pick. I got to the podium here, <laughs> and I totally <laughs> fell for the banana in the tailpipe. So uh, I'm an idiot, and uh, I'll take Cleveland and the Cowboys. And Corby, go ahead. All right, so Mike is my guest picker today. Ooh. Mike, how do you feel about the Cowboys... Uh, laying four and a half against Detroit. I would take the Cowboys. You would? Lay the four and a half and cover. All right, there you go. We will take the Dallas Cowboys to cover that four and a half point spread. Okay. Now, Homer. How do you feel, Mike, do you feel, Mike about, um, about the designated hitter? About UCLA, <laughs> about UCLA on the road to undefeated Utah giving up 21 and a half points. That seems like a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, that seems like a ton. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take those sneaky Chip Kelly-led Bruins, and uh, let's go triple play on UCLA. Oh. Hey, look, Mike put a little bear costume head on in Corby's car. <laughs> <laughs> UCLA. Oh, he chucked it, oh, it out the window and put a U <laughs> on. Oh, UCLA plus 21. Well, there you go. Thank Thanks. Oh, uh, I have 21 even. 
Don't you guys? No. I have That's 21 half. even. What is going no, on with you people? The sheet says 21. Even. Jake, I'll talk to you it's later. It's all based on Jake's email. <laughs> the sheet says it's 21. 21. It's 21. At least I admit I was wrong. Now, before I cut you guys loose, uh, Mike did bring it up, so let's go around the room and see how everybody feels about the designated hitter. George? Some things we just need to let go. That's one of them. <laughs> After school. All right, so there you go. I'm against it. I like the strategy of the National All right, we got to go. <laughs> we got to go. Got to go. It's 233. That's Picks with Friends on the ticket. Love you, George. Well, P1s, that's all for the podcast this week. Have a fun weekend, and like that, we're ghosts. Okay, okay, I've heard the promo say, and I sound too much like somebody's father, but you know... Norm has a wild side. I'll never forget the time I was finally accepted after trying so hard to get into the fabric of the ticket, finally accepted by my co-workers. Uh, give me a fat tire and what do you want, dude? A crown of water. And a crown of water. Fat tire and a crown of water. That's it. All right, so she's telling me this story. And I'm sitting there talking. beer on the wall. Yeah. Come on, let's hang out together. Oh, I don't... rough. We're party animals together. Oh, Kirby. Kirby, I'm so wasted. Oh, oh I'm so effed up. really <laughs> But I'm having fun, Corby. Well, that's good. I'll tell you what, let me order you a beer. What do you I want? You a root beer? beer? Sarsaparilla? What are you kids even... drinking these days? What you I, just ordered, you to... I ordered a fat tire. Fat tire? Right. What kind of vehicle are you driving? What? <laughs> Oh, Norm. One in a row. <laughs> that was a okay. good one, Norm. Wait, just come here. Come here for a second. All right, uh, my buddy, Kubi, friendly Kubi. <laughs> He's a, he wants a fat tire, and I'm going to have a Budweiser beer product. And uh, what do you want? You want some shots? Let's get some shot. shots. I just what kind of shots do you have around here? Uh, let's see. Uh, you want some buttery nipples? No, you want I, buttery don't, nipple? I don't want any. Come on, I, I don't, a little buttery nipple. Don't rub your nipple, dude. Just don't rub your nipple. That's so gross. Oh, just go to <laughs> we'll, have, um, we'll have a picture of buttery nipples. A and, picture? Uh, yes. Yeah, do you want a, a picture? picture? Uh, you know what, what that is? Is that a lot? It's like okay, how about bucks. a picture of screaming orgasms? <laughs> no, we don't want a picture of <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. That'll be all. Oh. As long as I can watch your hiney as you walk away from me. Oh, no. <laughs> no, you're drunk. Oh, Kirby, I'm so drunk. I'm about to be sick. <laughs> oh, not on me, please. Norm. Norm, that stinks. Oh, my goodness. Oh. 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 Can you smell those enchiladas? <laughs> <laughs>
Did you feel no. better? So what are you doing? You're just hanging out I'm with your buddies? Out, man. Just hanging yeah, out with your buddies. I didn't know you knew about this place. Oh, yeah. Oh, I came out here for the local music, Corby. Oh, really? Oh, I'm a big fan of local music. I don't even know who's playing yeah. here tonight. Uh, Flickerstick. Oh, Flickerstick. Yeah, it's going to be like Flickerstick and I think Oreo Speed Dealer. Oh, they're playing. Yeah, yeah. uh-huh. And I can't wait. Oh, just, oh I'm going to... dance. You know what I'm going to do? Is everyone cool right here? No yeah, narcs. Cool. No narcs. Is your friend here? There's no narcs. I got a trunk full of trunk full of hydro. Oh, you do? Yeah, trunk full of hydro. Oh, I'm not interested, You sure? Norm. You got yeah. a dugout? You got anything like that? I don't have a dugout. It's okay. I got a course can here. We'll just make a bong out of that. Oh, Norm. <laughs> I'm you just up, Norm. Oh, you are? I can't understand you. <laughs> <Norm>? <laughs> what you got? You got anything good? You got anything any you holding? You holding? I'm not you holding anything. I don't have any drugs on me. Just a nose candy? Nose candy. Nose candy. Coke. Oh, yeah, and Coke. See, back in the seventies, oh, I used to be such a party. I'm a rough, 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 Don't worry. Well, I used to be, uh, I used to be in a party animal, and um, you know what? Uh, then back then, oh, it was all about cocaine. Oh, was oh, it? Kirby, oh, Kirby, it was so much about cocaine. I don't have any coke, dude. I'm sorry. It was so much about cocaine. Coke I still can't get Frito off the stuff. Oh, you can't. <laughs> No, but uh, you got anything else? Mexican black tar? Heroin? Mexican black tar? I don't have any you got drugs, Norm. You got, I'm I got just some whippets. Beer. Got I'm some whippets in the car. What are you doing with whippets? You do whippets? No. You do some whippets? What are you doing? I don't want to do you any... want to sing a song with me? Sing a song with me. A thousand bottles of beer in the oh, wall. God, a thousand Norm. bottles. You don't want to do that? Come on. Come on. We're partying here, Gorby. <laughs> I know, but I, I'm just Come hanging on. out. I'll tell you what we'll do. What? Let's, let's try to get us, uh, strike some of this SMU strange out of here. I don't want to. Don't look at the girls, Norm. Look at all the girls. Look at them. No, Norm. 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 I hang out here a lot, okay? Don't embarrass me. Okay, just look at this girl coming towards us. huge can she's got there in that brown hair. Look at her walking towards us. Look how tight those jeans are. If you look at the jeans, look at that. that Looks like a tomahawk chop. Norm, that's my wife. Oh, that's uh, Julie? Yeah. (laughs) That was the girl I was grinding with on the dance floor, my friend. <laughs> she thought I was concealing a lead pipe in my pants. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 Hey, listen, i got to get out of here. I've got to catch Murder, She Wrote before I go 99. You just ordered a picture of buttery nipples. <laughs> That's okay. You can pay for them, my friend. Thank okay. you. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I hope I don't trip. Oh, Norm. <laughs> Bye, Norm. Danny. Danny. Bye. You listen to some of this stuff and you wonder if these guys are smoking the bed sheets. They must be down to seeds and stems.